Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lock Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO, the show that brings you the wisest counsel and the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your anonymous boss of business. And have you ever attended one of those talks where the speaker is finished, but he just won't stop? Well, to keep your audience riveted on you rather than glancing at their timepieces takes well, it takes good old-fashioned organization, right elements in the right slots at the right times, and and also with a carefully crafted beginning, middle, and end. And who better to help you organize that talk than the lady who has organized President C-Sweeters of Merck, Disney, IBM, and dozens of other major corporate heads, Ms. Stephanie Scotty, founder and managing director of Professionally Speaking Consulting, the presentation resource that is now celebrating its quarter century, and I believe it's somewhere near its seven millionth client or somewhere up there. She's, <laughs> she's amazing. Anyway, Stephanie's also the author of Talk on Water, Attaining the Mindset for Powerhouse Presentations. So if you seek the strategy and technique that are going to propel your words with a Winston Churchill power to move and an authentic style that only you possess. Pull up your chair and join us in this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your adventures flourish. Stephanie, I'm so glad you could break free and wing your way back from Germany and join us. Oh, well, so glad to be with you, and thank you for this encore performance. Uh, I know we, we spoke uh-huh. last year about this time and thrilled to be back. Yes, it is good. Yours is a message that truly bears repeating. And speaking of messages, Stephanie, I've heard you talk about what you call message clarity, distilling your one main idea into about 10 or so words that you want the audience to walk away with. Uh, Could you give us an example or two of that and explain how the distillation process works? Absolutely. So maybe we should start, maybe it would be helpful to start if we actually define what that means, what we mean by those ten words. And you know what? It's referred to so many different things. I often refer to it as a core message. And what it really is is that simple sentence that clearly summarizes the essence of your presentation really clearly. So when you were in college, you might have called it in writing a paper, you might have referred to it as your thesis statement. Or in science, it would be your hypothesis, right? So right. when it okay, comes to, yep, in speaking, it's those ten words that summarize it, and it's the hardest things for folks to do. We're more than willing oh, yeah. to share oh, yeah. and explain, but really get it down. So there are a couple that have really struck me throughout okay. my years of coaching, and here's a really simple example: uh, Fortune 100 company business leaders sharing success stories, and one of them got it down to just six words: transparency. Oh, my gosh. What- yeah, it was really wonderful. His, his message that he wanted everybody to remember is that it was transparency that led us to discuss really critical issues. 
And so he realized in his success story when he was examining it is that if they hadn't had transparency during their engagement, during their project, they would have never achieved what they ended up doing. So that's what he wanted to do. But I got all of that from, from those words that you just gave me right there. Yep. And one of another one of my favorites that's really kind of fun and clever is a holistic yeah. nutritionist in New York. She was uh-huh. giving a workshop for bankers. Imagine, a workshop for bankers on nutrition. Oh, oh yeah. Are you ready oh. for this? I got it what, what you got? Cleverly corded, uh, a clever core message. Everything you eat contributes to your bottom line. Oh, very good. Very good. Isn't that I great? like that. That's, I had, so I had one who sort of anything else. They, they took a corporate message. They took a, they're, they're, they were trying to explain what they do, and they did all kinds of things throughout the medical world. And finally, the guy said, "You know what we do? We make the tools that are going to help people cure cancer." Boom, done it. You end up with a powerful slug at the end, and you don't have to describe the tendencies to describe everything. Would you like to hear every tool we made? No. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> It's amazing. It's, yeah. it's brilliant. It's really quite brilliant, I think. Yeah. Oh, uh, and that's those are the things that, that I think that takes us, that should take as much time as all as all your detail packing in the speech. Good for you. Well, now, once I've crafted this marvelous message, now I've I've got to my my next step, of course, is to face the really the best organizational strategy for getting it across. I mean, suppose. As I, I often do, I think most of us, we have every little element and fact that we want to put in there. And and I want to sort of, how do I go about tumbling them out in, in, an, in an understandable order? I mean, have you got a good process or thought process for that? I do, because the last thing you want to do is try to stuff 10 pounds in a 5-pound bag, right? Just can't do it. <laughs> Absolutely. So giving your presentation a clear structure is really critical because it gives a map to your listeners. It gives them a map to follow. So the content yeah. that makes sense, the, the, you have to give it to them in, a, in digestible tracks, uh, digestible chunks that will do that. And instead of right, them right. having to figure out what you're talking about or worst-case daydreaming, you really want them to leverage what you're saying. So how do you do it? That's what you right. asked me. How do you go about doing that? And really, you know what? What you want to do is take everything in your head and you want to make uh-huh. it visible. You just want to put it down whether you prefer to handwrite it or whether you want to go to a tool online and, and type it out, it doesn't matter. You want to get it out of your head in front of you so you can see it. And then you just see, you want to group it. You want to get things together that are like and form some kind of an organizational structure. So, Bart, one of the most famous organizational structures, here's a pop quiz question for you, Okay. is the one that journalists, traditionally have used in writing articles. Do you know what that you well, what, call what that structure is? The structure that a journalist will use when they're writing an article or a news story. The five W's. That's, That's right. Who, how, what, Who, where, what, when? where, why. Exactly. What, why, yes, and, right. Yep, Can't fool so me. They look at all their, like, so I get a 90%. <laughs> so they look at all their content and they, and they try to thought, does this make sense? Does this organizational structure make sense to help me tell my story? couple of my favorites, problems, uh-huh. consequences, and solutions might be a, oh, a good organizational structure, right? That's good. I like that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. The beauty of that is it almost tells a story just by the structure. Mm. Here's what was going on, and, and here's what happened to us because of it, and here's what we're going to do differently. Problem, consequence, uh-huh. solution. Another favorite of mine is theory I, and practice. Here's oh, okay. what we thought oh, was oh, going to yeah. happen. 
Here's what happened in reality. We planned this. We This is what happened. So my call to action is the solution or the redo, right? Exactly. Exactly. Ah. Well, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, you know, these are some general schematics, but whatever your data or information is telling you, do what makes sense to you that helps you express it in a very clean and simple way. What about there, there's an old army template that, and the army, I, I like the army because they take, they're very good at setting up things for the totally inexperienced. Um, people who uh, are as dumb as some of us think our politicians are. They, what they do is, uh, there's, they have a speaking template, but I'm just leery of this, this box stuff. They say, tell them what you're going to tell them, then expand on what you're telling them, finish by restating what you've just told them. I, I mean, it, it all sounds good, but it, it, do I really want to, in, in what you've been giving, do I want to sort of cram my speech into these, these prefix bo- fixed boxes? Well, I'm an Army brat. I didn't know if you knew that, Bart, but I grew up in the oh. Army. <laughs> so I used to hear that tell, tell, tell from my dad all the time. Oh, my gosh. But, but the way I think about it is that, that tell, 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 tell them what, you, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, tell them what you told them is yeah, really yeah. describing how many times you need to repeat your core message in that organizational oh. structure. Okay. So the premise is you need to say it three times to ensure I listeners I hear it and that they get it. Oh, so okay. I can give you an example if it would be helpful of how yeah. that might work. Sure, sure. Helpful? How does that work? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The, near the, somewhere near the start of your talk, you will introduce your core message and you highlight your right. structure. So okay. everything you eat contributes to your bottom line, and let's right. look at that in terms of, of problem, consequence, and solution. So you want to introduce that up front, or how right. transparency, maybe it can be as simple as, let's look at how transparency helps us uncover the critical issues by describing the problem, unpacking the impact of that problem, and how we're going to address it through our communications. So those are two examples, right. but up front, just to introduce it. And that's probably yeah. about 10% of your talk time. Okay. You okay, I got Okay. And you've given me an avenue. You you've told me the avenue I'm going to go down. So I'm already I'm already with you. I'm already following following. And you're already right following. So now you have a map. You have a a way to go. Then as you go into the body of your talk, you repeat that core message and you take each of those points, the problem, consequences and solutions, and you add content to them, the evidence the examples, the data you have to really unpack them. So it becomes a tributary, not a distraction. Exactly. Right. Everything. If you have just joined content. us, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, if you've just joined us, you're listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time floats across the mightily misunderstood realms of cyberspace where you may listen and download all our episodes by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And as an added avenue, you may also enjoy our shows on C-Suite Radio. We're, we're proud members of C-Suite Radio, where uh, the most really accomplished masters of business offer you the path to business mastery. Just visit all our Art of the CEO episodes on c-suiteradio.com. Now, Stephanie, uh, in most business presentations, uh, we, we've touched on this. Uh, you're speaking first to inform, but also you're trying to motivate a, a definite course of action in, in, in business talks. Uh, we, we lay out 
marketing statistics and the sales team will, will take better aim, sell more efficiently to the right folks and so forth. Uh, how do I go about uh, you, you, bringing up – when do I bring in the call to action? Is that part of my core message or is, is that separate? Well, really – your call to action is what's going to be driving the entire talk. So you have to get clarity around that, what that core message is. And so that's really integrated throughout your talk. But you know what? I'm going to give a little bit of caution, if I can, here, Bart. Because sure, sure. many business leaders, they, they believe that the presentation itself is the end game. So if they craft mm. this wonderful talk that's motivational and insightful and has a call to action, they think that's it. People are going to do it. But right, consistently right. what I find out is that 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 doesn't always work. <laughs> you know? um, the presentation <laughs> itself is not the end game. Just because right, you request right. it or tell it or demand it doesn't mean it's going to get done. So whatever I'm working oh, with a client. Gee. Yeah. Boy, you mean I, I've been, I give my instructions as loud and as often as I can. You mean they won't listen? Well, they may listen. It doesn't mean they're going to do it. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, yes. And, and so many times it's just a matter of working with clients and asking them what kind of homework they're doing ahead of time. Do they understand other people's points of view? Do yeah, they know the yeah, issues yeah. they're going to run onto when they're giving this talk? You know, uh, because yeah. people really want to know that they're heard and they're understood and that they're part of that call to action. So, well, give me, a, if you can, like a couple of uh, choice phrases or, or, or even some, some bad blunders to, to avoid in, in my, when I'm enumerating, my, when I'm setting out the call to action. Well, I think really the, the key is to just really understand um, some of the key perspectives that listeners or stakeholders are going to have in it and make sure that you're really clear with bringing those up and that they know they're heard and understood. So I don't know if there's any real blunders. I think your biggest blunder is your mindset and, and the mindset you bring to the table. So if your mindset is my way or the highway, that's a blunder. <laughs> that's going to get you right. in trouble. Right. If it's a more yeah, collaborative yeah, yeah. or thoughtful, uh, you've done your homework, you understand the point of view, that doesn't mean you still can't have a strong opinion. It doesn't even mean right. you can't ask them to do something that they may not want to do. It means that you understand the situation you're walking into, and you're helping people move from point A to point B. You're not just ordering it to happen. So what I often so the thing that I often use is when I'm I'm doing this, and you can tell me if it's good or bad. I often in the middle when I'm, I'm bringing off the call. So so here's what here's what we all want to be. Here's the rope we all want to be pulling on in this direction. Is that, well, Julie, I know you're working on this, and Henry, I know that you've done a great deal of you've accomplished a great deal on that on that front. And I, I bring out names of individuals. Is that a, a good thing or a bad thing? Or... I think that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful when you can identify for people and, and let them know that they were heard. And I think that's a great thing. The one thing that I always caution speakers with is uh-huh. if you're going to ask somebody a question, a stakeholder a question, or ask mm-hmm. them to make a comment from the audience, yeah. always uh-huh. look at them first, have eye contact uh-huh. with them so they know you're zeroing in on them, then to say their <laughs> name. So I would look at you and uh-huh. I would look at you and I'd say Bart uh-huh. and then you're looking oh, back yeah, at me. me. Mhm. And if you look at me like, Don't you dare, Stephanie <laughs> I'm gonna back off with you <laughs> and yeah. go to my plan B. 
But now a couple things happen. You've gotten their attention. You've been invited to ask them a question or to make a comment, to have a conversation with them, and they've non-verbally right. agreed to go along with you. So all and we I have just first. Just look first. And I've read your response, and you have actually, I see the speaker has actually responded to me, and boy, does that put me right at your side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, Stephanie, uh, in in your book, uh, Talk on Water, it's very readable, by the way. You should all all take a look at it. You you spell out uh, the presentation code, C-O-D, for systematically empowering your speech. Actually, I think we've touched on some of the, uh, at least two of them already, but could you give us just the four code elements and, and see how they fit, sure. tell us how they fit together? Absolutely. So code codifies the four steps, identifies the four steps for developing and delivering a powerhouse presentation. You're, you're right. We've addressed two of them. C stands for clarify. That's clarifying right. that core message, those 10 words. O stands for organize. That's your organizational framework for your talk. D stands for developing your audio visuals. And in business, Ooh. this usually translates to a PowerPoint. Right, right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right. Well, and we'll so get to that. What's in, yeah. we can talk about that some more. And E stands for express. And that's how you vocally ah. as well as physically, it's the platform skills. But E also stands for engage. And those are the skills, ah. the tools to actually have your audience engage in the conversation with you. All right. That's Excellent. Typically right. Q&A. Yeah. Right. Uh, and while we're on this subject, Stephanie, could you tell us where we might get a copy of your talk on water attaining the mindset for powerhouse presentations? Thanks. Thank you. That is so generous of you to ask. It's Amazon.com. It's a hardback book mm-hmm. on Amazon.com. But if you have any listeners that prefer going to brick and mortar, if they go into Barnes & Noble, they can certainly order it for them as well. So Amazon, Barnes okay. & Noble, really any bookstore can get a hold of it for you. All righty. Thank you very much. And Stephanie is going to continue helping you reshape your presentation skills, with, uh, and she's going to give a brief critique of this radio host's speech, which I'm going to stick into, uh, which you'll hear during our ad, uh, right after we take a brief sorbet from today's Feast of Wisdom, and I offer you a few utensils for today's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you question authority, that you look at that accepted wisdom from some powerful individual or organization and ask, is that really true? Or will you continue to passively swallow ideas based on the source of whom is stating them? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense your yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book, and I a thumb through as we speak. Okay, here's one, 57, no, 58, 58. Uh, <clears throat> the greatest flaw of technology is that it is devoid of humor, the wisdom of laughter is something that you alone must provide. What do you think, Stephanie? Is there a really good way to blend or amplify a wise message with humor? Absolutely. You know, the key is absolutely everybody loves some, some humor to lighten the mood. But not only that, right. humor can help you better understand what the person's talking about. 
Mm-hmm. And so the trick is is that if you want to interject humor, just make it so right. that it's on track, that it supports still whatever the topic is at hand. You don't want to tell a joke or tell a story that's often left field somewhere because then you've got to reel them yeah. back in to get them back on track. Yeah. Yeah, so as yeah. long as the humor you've, supports you've taken where you're headed, go end, for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a cul-de-sac. Yes, right. Uh huh. It's the story of my life. That's where my career went. Sort of swirling in this life. Anyway, it may seem as if your marvelous handheld device actually of it with all this is laughing at you, but it really isn't. Your own uh you alone really possess that very ability and if you can support your speech with it, then good for you. Wisdom comes in on the wings of laughter. And if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com and pick up your copy of the 102 Best Business Quips book. And you may begin living your workday with a little laughter, much to the delight of all your fellow chain gangers at work, or so we say. <laughs> and as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is the individual who said... The ideal intern is committed, creative, organized, ambitious, independent, and able to crack a smile, whether meeting a celebrity or folding socks. (laughs) Those bizarre words were spoken by none other than the 35-year-old founder of Glossier, who herself began as a Vogue intern, Miss Emily Weiss. Congratulations to all you winners, and stick with us, because later on in the show uh, comes your way another quotation, and if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind and soul-igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And Ultimate Presentation Mentor Stephanie Scotty will uh, discuss how slides can destroy or amplify your next stage talk right after uh, I make this introduction to you of the company by whose good graces we are here today, and that firm is Prometheus Publishing. And this week, the folks at Prometheus Publishing would like to announce their Prometheus Social Enterprise Awards video. For those of you who attended on the eve of September 19th, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson University's Hennessy Mansion, where we we celebrated the top social entrepreneurs from around the globe, and it was an excitement unmatched. And each of these, uh, six of the eight honorees gave talks, and the other two have contributed, and we are going to share that electrifying energy from the for folks who are involved in the practical tactics of rejuvenating an entire city to halting the rape and pillage of war, rescuing victims of disaster or of human trafficking, and eight astounding individuals who have, in some field of social improvement, given us all a magnificent hope. And we invite you to share these Torchbearer talks on video. Just uh, write this station info at bartsbooks.com, or you can go to bartsbooks.com website and click on Prometheus Awards, and we will send you that video. It is a time of hope. And I'm going to give you, as a talk, I'm going to give you the as, as a teaser, but really for Stephanie's uh, critique, I'm going to give you the 184-word kickoff speech I made at that uh, at the Prometheus Awards, and then Stephanie's going to give you uh, is, is going to critique it for you. So here we go, this, the, from the, the kickoff for the Torchbearer talks. Okay. Prepare to be uplifted. You are about to encounter the highest achieving, most effective men and women in our society. And the best part, 
each of these ultimate creators is ardently dedicated to building a better planet, better culture, and lives for all of us. I'm Bart Jackson, CEO of Prometheus Publishing and founder of the Prometheus Social Enterprise Awards. It's been my privilege to meet each of these exceptional individuals, and it's become my joy to hold them up to light and celebrate their deeds and honor their many achievements for enriching our world. And as you hear the story of each Prometheus Award honoree, I'm sure that you, like me, will walk away inspired and refreshingly happy that such men and women are laboring among us for us. As my wife's husband always says, one iron-willed, ambitious person can scale the highest mountain, but one compassionate person, surrounded by all his supporters, can move it. So let's see how the mountains are moving today. And once more, if you would like to learn about that video and the Torchbearer Talks, just write info at bartsbooks.com. Carpe diem, my friend, you are worth it. And now, with utensils in hand, we are going to turn back to Stephanie and ask her, Stephanie, what was your thought about that opening speech? What could be better? What, uh, if, if there was anything good, uh, I'd be fascinated to hear it. I'd really like to talk to you about what I, what I appreciated about it first. Okay. I, I was moved by it. I, I listened, and I was, in, I was moved by it. I thought the vocal delivery was exceptional, and, and Bart, you always have wonderful vocal inflection. But in this case, <laughs> the vocal delivery had a nice in, had good inflection, but it had something else, too, for me that, that some kind, sometimes can be difficult. But I really believed what you were saying, especially in the last 30% of your talk, when you were talking about the individuals and the impact that they have. Um, I had the impression that you knew them and that I needed to know them as well. So I, it's, it's a tool that I call thinking the thought, and that is actually oh, okay. thinking about what you're saying as you say it, not just saying the words. And sometimes when people have a really outstanding vocal delivery, they're more focused on their voice than the content. But I sense <laughs> you brought those two things together here. And so I was. the delivery was actually helping me to understand what your message was. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, any, any way it can be improved uh, other than by having someone else deliver? <laughs> well, I thought you did a good job. No, I think, I think you set yourself up well, too, because the, your comments even before you went into the talk kind of set up what your talk was about. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that was great, and, and mostly because my mark of a good talk is different than other people's. My mark oh, of a good talk that? is do I get it and do I believe it? Ah. And those two things checked off, the credibility right. and the, and the um, conviction. Well, now, I know one of the things you talk about, Stephanie, all the time, and uh, you, you've, you've touched on here, is authenticity, and personally, personal authenticity. I mean, only you can create your speech. Uh, and, and could you give us uh, perhaps some examples of, um, you've, you've talked about how you felt it worked in this time. Could you give us some examples of when a speaker may sort of drift away from their own personal authenticity? Yeah, I, I find that if somebody doesn't, in business especially, if somebody doesn't believe in what they're saying, that mm. the authenticity is going to be gone, that they really need to connect with the message and understand the message in order to deliver it in a way that's credible. So that is yeah, that's yeah. the biggest element to it is if you're asked to do something and, right. being, and it, it's just not something that resonates with your values 
or you don't buy into it, you're going to have a harder time delivering it. So a talk really needs to be crafted that reflects your values and your commitment to getting it done. So that's, to me, the biggest element of authenticity. And it's just believing you're the right person to do it, that Mm -hmm. you're there to serve your stakeholders. And it doesn't matter whether you are on the shop floor or whether you're in the C-suite. You are there to serve your stakeholders. Whoever those listeners are, they are your stakeholders. And your job is to help them get it. Okay, that's great. I do. We're coming uh, toward the end, but I did want to talk about the fine art of slides and PowerPoint. Uh, could you, I, and I could just sort of set this up first by telling us what are what are the true values? I've, I've got myself. I got my podium. I got my message. That and I'm going to now bring in slides or PowerPoint for the moment. What's their mm-hmm. value? What should be the purpose of slides and audiovisual? The only purpose of using a slide or, or audiovisual aid, <clears throat> excuse me, just a second, Bart, mm-hmm. or an audiovisual aid is to amplify your message. If it is not mm-hmm. maximizing the impact of your message or helping me to understand more with less, don't use it. It is there uh-huh. for that reason only. And really, you should be able to give your talk without any audiovisual support. Because the truth of the matter is, Technology doesn't always work, and you may find yourself abandoned. Mm, no. Still have to give that yeah. talk. That's so a the little visuals joke, are there. I've had to experience. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so the visuals <laughs> are there for one reason only: to support mm-hmm. what you're saying, to make it easier for me to understand it and get it. And if I read my slides, am I right that I should be convicted of death by? By PowerPoint, and it's a capital offense. It should be a capital offense. Is that correct? If you read your slides, there's no way you're going to connect with your audience because you're connecting with your slides, not with your listeners, right? Yeah, yeah. No. Well put. Yeah. Well put. People who do oh, are using then they're using slides as a teleprompter. There's a whole other tool for teleprompters. Oh yes, right. Oh gosh, Stephanie, this has been absolutely fabulous. There's so much more I want to talk to you, but I I just want to know that if I'm really smart enough to know that I need good, wise counsel, either for my speech or my presentation skills in general. How can I get in touch with you for uh, some personal or, or corporate uh, uh, counsel? Thank you. You can always reach me at info at professionallyspeaking.net. Info at professionallyspeaking.net. And I'd welcome the opportunity to speak to any business leaders who are preparing to deliver high-stakes presentations whether it's product launch, well, analyst meeting, industry event, anything. Wonderful. Or if, you're, if, you, if you've got that client you want to sell, uh, Stephanie's your person. Okay, Stephanie, I thank you so much for coming on. I, I, I've learned so much just uh, in, these, in these few minutes. So we'll have to have you back on and, uh, and sometime time later again because you, uh, as they say, have a, have a message that bears, uh, that bears repeating and every time you bring a new nuance to it. So thank you so much, Stephanie. Oh, thank you, Bart, and I appreciate all your listening audience. Okay, you're very kind. So as we round out today's Feast of Wisdom, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. That is, who said, discourage litigation, persuade your neighbors to compromise whenever you can. As a peacemaker, the lawyer has a superior opportunity of being a good man. There will still be business enough. 
And as a hint, this noted, uh, the author of this was a noted and compassionate American attorney who started out as a rail splitter. So if you know the author of this quote, simply write that author's name down as you believe him or her to be. Send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely career-igniting gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And be sure to tune in next week when celebrity fitness trainer explains her 321 Empower Enterprise that helps rescue victims of human trafficking and builds them new careers. An amazing recipient of our Prometheus Social Enterprise Awards. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, if my business were as well organized as my desk, we'd hit Chapter 11 in a month. <laughs> why, why is it I find coordinating scores of people and millions of dollars worth of products a lot less terrifying task than cleaning up my 4 by 6 foot table workspace? And to you gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as Stephanie and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this and all our episodes at theartoftheceo.com. And finally to you who have honored us with your time, may I say as always, it has been a privilege. And I thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 